Hi, and welcome to episode three of The Ask Box, a podcast about ye old days on Tumblr. I'm Allegra Rosenberg. I used to get like 15 asks a day, and today I'll be talking with my friend Jan, aka Frog Hat, about her days in the early Sherlock fandom. The Ask Box is up on iTunes and Spotify, so please subscribe. And we're on Twitter at The Ask Box. I don't know why I'm saying we, it's just me. Episode three of the Ask Box, a Tumblr podcast. I have with me my good friend Jan, who is one of the first people I ever met on Tumblr. Uh, and today we're going to be talking uh, about uh, the Sherlock fandom specifically. God. So thank you so much for for coming on the show. Bye. No problem. Um, so I wanted to, you know, I start off every episode by asking, you know, how did you first join Tumblr? Why did you join? When did you join? Oh, God, I started Tumblr in around 2009. I think it was when it had, I don't know when it started, but I'm guessing it was within the first two years. Uh huh. And I don't really remember why I joined. I just did. I used to be a part of a, of a different kind of uh, social network where people would go and journal online. Uh-huh. And I, when that was shut down, I was just looking for something else that was similar and tumblr was the only thing at the time that was like that that what was, wasn't my space right what was the other what was the other social network i'm curious it was called my dear diary it was literally an online diary oh wow and people would just post their very personal things on there so i guess that was a prelude to how i was on my tumblr because everybody on that other social network was very frank and open and honest about everything that was going on in their lives and a lot of it now that I look back on it a lot of it was fake people just pretending that they had these super interesting lives Uh and I was just there like oh yeah I went to school today Uh but it was just to witness everybody else and their life whether pretend or real Mm -hmm. and Tumblr was really some similar to that a lot of people over exaggerated what was going on in their lives Uh uh-huh and then after a while, I got involved into fandom type blogging. Mm-hmm. So on <laughs> Tumblr, it just started out for you mostly as a diary to replace the other site. And then you sort of got from there into fandom. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, you I know, I've, I've never heard of that, it, of that other site. Was it, was it pretty small? Yeah, it was. It was really, really not a big thing um as far as i know there have i have never met any other person that has been on that website uh-huh and the friends that i made back then i have no idea where they are i remember of one and i think i might still have them on some social network but uh-huh. i'm sure I, like either they blocked me i blocked them something happened but i'm like completely closed off to everything i recently googled it because you had um, mentioned online that you were looking for um, people's first. Yeah. Right. So for my thesis, I, yeah. Yes. So I went back and I tried to find them. And all I found was this website of people trying to somehow get their diaries back. Because uh-huh. when the website shut down, it was completely purged. Like, there's no way you can get it anymore. And the website was posted like um I, I a long time ago but it was saying that if you wanted a a file of mm-hmm. your blog you had until like a certain date to 
request it and after that it would be gone forever wow yeah i mean that's that's the sort of stuff that i was really interested in for my for my thesis project and for those listening who don't know my thesis project was uh like an interview sort of online museum of people's first or early online community so that that definitely falls into that that's a really interesting story so so nobody else from that community migrated over to tumblr not that i know of Uh uh-huh because the website was shut shut down so uh, randomly, and I don't think I I didn't get to um what see where everyone else migrated. Right, to. right. Mm. That's that's interesting. So who were um so were the first people you followed on Tumblr like other diary type blogs? There, um, for the most part, it was just aesthetic photos. Uh huh. People posting like it was journal posts with like a picture of flowers right. and things like that people that I don't even really know by name. Um, at the very beginning, I would talk to a couple who would post their relationship online, uh-huh. but they broke up. That was a no-go. Like, I don't talk to them anymore, obviously. Uh-huh. But um, then I started seeing a lot of Harry Potter people posting, uh-huh. which back then Harry Potter was the only fandom I was really a part of. Right. Or that I knew of. Um because I would obviously get on things like, uh, what was it called? The Muggle, Muggle, Muggle Net. Net. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was the only other fandom I was really exposed to. So when I saw people posting about Harry Potter, there was a short time where that's what I would post about. But then it quickly evolved into everything else. Right. So, so you know, you found out about through, you know, you started watching these other shows through finding out about them on Tumblr in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and back then Tumblr was super different. They had that Tumblrity thing, right? Where people would like upvote your posts, and then depending on how many people would, I guess, interact with your posts, you would get mm-hmm. points on how cool you were. <laughs> so, yeah, it was bizarre. But through that, that's where I found people posting about fandoms. Uh huh. So, what were some of the first other fandoms you got into after Harry Potter? Um, I guess Doctor Who was yeah. the immediate after. Well, no, I, I lie. It was Mighty Boosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mighty Boosh was the first thing I sort of got into in the Tumblr fandom. Oh, in the Tumblr community. And um, um, For those after, that don't know, what's what's Mighty Boosh? Uh, it was, an, I guess, a sketch comedy. Was it sketch comedy? It yeah, was, it was like, like a, a- comedy, old comedy show that was from the BBC uh-huh. um, and it was based on an old radio show that they turned into a comedy show with Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett. Yeah. And at that time, was it still on the air where there's still like new episodes coming out? No, no. Uh-huh. By the time I was, I was watching it. I remember when it was airing, I think I was in eighth grade, ninth grade, uh-huh. ninth grade or sort of. So it aired be, like a few years before I became a fan of, of the show. Uh-huh. So from there, then Doctor Who? Yeah, it just kind of snowballed into a <laughs> bunch of other British TV shows. Yeah. I got into Black Book, Peep Show. Um, well, Doctor Who was the obvious yeah. thing that you would follow after that because it was such a huge thing in British television. Uh-huh. I remember so, you were the first like non you were the first like personal blog I followed on Tumblr that wasn't like you know like a fuck yeah blog or something like that and I remember your URL was um was like you're a piece of TARDIS <laughs> yeah that was my that was my 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 handle before that I was I think cracking the wall 
so oh, it was yeah. that the maybe 11th. maybe maybe I followed you when when you were that. Yeah, I don't remember, but yeah, I, I mean, honestly remember the order of the, of the handles. To be honest, I would change them quite often. Right, but um, the Doctor Who fandom was pretty intense. Yeah, because it really was. Material. And that was when <clears throat> I remember I joined when Series Five was airing, um, and it was yeah, it was a pretty intense, and it was a small community at that time too. I actually think I found when I was looking back on my old stuff, I was looking and I saw the post of when you followed me (laughs) and I was like, oh my God, I was so fangirling over you at the time. I don't remember. Were you a big name by the time? I don't. What was my URL then? I don't know. Stop. It's gender time. No, because I remember I followed you before that when my URL was like uh, TARDIS girl. And I feel like we knew each other before that. But I actually don't know. Maybe we have totally different memories of that time. Because by well, the time. The, the the screenshot I found. I mean, it's a screenshot. Uh-huh. So it didn't change. Uh-huh. And it said, stop, it's gender time. But how so weird. You had just changed it. Because when I went to your blog, I remember like complimenting you on your URL. Because I thought it was really clever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Maybe I don't know then. Maybe, maybe my memories are mixed up. But yeah, I was. Tardis Girl, and then I was Rory Pond, and then I was Stop It's Ginger Time. I think by the time I had changed it to Stop It's Ginger Time was when I was posting my YouTube videos, and that was my YouTube channel URL, and I wanted it my Tumblr URL to be the same. Um, so that's probably why I changed it. That was probably must have been like mid to late 2010 because I remember my first brand for a very long time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. <laughs> I'm still trying to trying to chase that away. I feel like I'll forever be selfish in your time to some people. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I mean, and I I want to talk to you about Sherlock since I know you had some vague experiences in that fandom. So yeah. were you one of the people? I mean, were you one of the people that watched the first episode as it aired? Because I remember that's what I did. Yeah, I did. I, well, I guess it was because we were, well, I was into Doctor Who and right. well, Mark Gates was involved and so was and Stephen, Stephen Moffat. Moffat. Yeah, so it was like his new show. Yeah, so when it was announced, everybody was waiting for it at, like before it even started because of mm-hmm. his connections to the Doctor Who fandom. Right. Yeah, but I did watch the first episode as it aired and I've been rewatching the episodes recently just to kind uh-huh. of go back to that era of nostalgia. And uh-huh. I mean, it has it like it's still good. <laughs> that first was, season was amazing, like just yeah. objectively speaking. It's great television. You know, weirdly enough, I never saw the second season. Really? Which you would think like I was so involved in in that whole fandom and everything uh-huh. but and I was super excited for it but when kind of shit hit the fan with what happened I was just super put off by everything Sherlock oh yeah after that and yeah. it was right before and, the season aired too right and I I mean to be fair there was a long time in fandom time between the first yeah. season and the second season mm-hmm. to me it's interesting how much came of just three episodes in that in that time like this huge huge fandom sprang up over so little canonical material relatively speaking yeah that's what I was thinking as well like it was only three episodes what was the atmosphere like in the fandom like as those episodes were airing and like immediately afterwards people people were really excited yeah I mean 
I guess at the time I didn't really think less there. I know there was, I, I've seen posts where I still thought Stephen Moffat was okay, but then part of me was still kind of hating on him at the time already. But when uh-huh. the new season came out, I was like, Oh yeah, he's got it. You know, this time he did something awesome. There was no downfalls uh-huh. to that season. It was all really, really well thought out, really well shot, planned, right. everything. And when the episodes were coming out, I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to think back on it now, but I mean, most of the interest was really aesthetic because the, right. the material has been around for so long. And yeah. the the fact that it was modernized and you had Benedict Cumberbatch with his voice, everybody was super obsessed over him. And it quickly uh-huh. became less about, you know, mystery and the canon material or the the changing it to a modern time and it, it became more about the actors and how they look the the that one expression he did in that one scene in this one episode and it was just uh-huh. so minuscule the details that people would cling on to and it was right crazy like I, like how we said it was only three episodes and people hang on hung on to every single detail they could because of how little material there was. I mean, and something about the material that did exist incited the kind of passion that is is seen more often in, in shows that have been around for many more years with many more episodes. Mm-hmm. I think the ratio there of, of canon to passion has, has really never been matched since that first yeah. season of Sherlock. I think the only thing I can think of that's been similar has been when the social network yes. fandom was yeah. crazy like huge and based on one movie and I, like I, I never became a part of it I haven't actually seen the social network to this day <laughs> but um it was intense and I had a lot of friends who were involved in that fandom and I was like oh god who's Eduardo I've never heard his name before in my life but right people were really into that and that's similar to what happened with Sherlock because it was only three episodes and people got so obsessed with the material Right. And I think, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think back. That was Benedict Cumberbatch's like first real role. Like that was how yeah, he was the, known. Yeah, his first big. And um, at, well, it's at the time, everyone was more obsessed about Benedict than they were about Martin. And mm-hmm. I had seen Martin in several other things. He had come out in the office and Hitchhiker's you know, several Guide. Other, yeah, several other projects that I had seen him in. So I guess I I was more into him than I was Benedict just because of my own personal need to like not follow the crowd or maybe uh-huh. like be involved in something that wasn't so intense because people obsessed with Benedict were so intense. The cumber bitches mm-hmm. or whatever they call themselves. Oh, yeah. So when the the Benedict Cumberbatch sexual frustration blog came out, like they started before I did. <laughs> And uh-huh. I was like, this is so annoying because I would go, like, people would post, like, because I would make my own content. I would make GIFs and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So they would post it onto, they would reblog it onto the, the Benedict Cumberbatch websites and completely ignore the fact that the photo set was really about Martin Freeman. And at the time, it was really frustrating to me. And that's kind of why um, we ended up making the Martin Freeman blog. So you had the counterpart, the Martin Freeman sexual frustration blog? Yes. I started it with my friend, uh-huh. um, Valeria. Mm-hmm. 
no Rosalia well Valeria was the like she was a friend but it ended up being Rosalia who helped me um co-manage it and Valeria was the one who would kind of supply material because she was super obsessed with Martin but I guess she wasn't too I guess technologically technologically competent right. or like she didn't know how to make a a layout and all and you know handle all the yeah. technical side of stuff so me and Rosalia ended up putting our names on the blog and that was a thing and then I I don't even know how long it was before it happened but um, they posted a message to Rosalia, but it was to her personal blog. She used to be an army doc, an, an army doctor. Mm-hmm. That was her handle. So her uh-huh. personal blog itself was pretty Martin based, and uh-huh. um, Martin Freeman posted a picture with her handle on it, and it was crazy because I mean at the time, Martin Freeman sexual frustration wasn't really a big thing. It was barely starting out. Uh-huh. And all the attention kind of went to um, Rosalia's personal blog because, well, it was her handle on the paper. Right. So what did, it, what did it say? What did he say to it, her? It said, I, I heart an army doctor. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and it had a JW as the sign-off at the bottom. So it was kind of oh, like wow. character or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we freaked out about it, but at the end of the day, the att- like I had nothing to do with that, you know, like right. I didn't have my name on it. So I didn't, I wasn't really affected by it. I know she got a lot of attention from that, but um, it kind of passed over really quickly. But then a few weeks later, I got a text from my good friend Taylor. At the time she was, I am Maurice Moss from the IT crowd. That was uh-huh. her handle. Well, she actually tweeted me, but I mean, I didn't have internet at the time. So it came to me as a text and she said, oh yeah, Martin Freeman loves you. And I was like, what? But in my head, I was thinking, oh my God, what if the same thing happened that happened to Rosalia? Yeah. And I was out and about at the time. So, you know, I thought about it, didn't really freak out. And then I got another tweet from her that said something like, yeah, Martin posted a picture and it has your name on it. And I like literally fell to the ground. I mean, at the time it was super, I don't know whether to feel embarrassed or excited. It was bizarre. Like mm-hmm. it's not really something you would imagine happening. Right. Like even if something previously had happened to someone that I knew, I thought, you know, that's the end of it, whatever. Right. But when I ended up, when I did, when I was able to get online and see the picture, it was crazy I did I got home I logged on I had thousands and thousands of messages well not thousands probably hundreds right but I'm exaggerating uh-huh. it was a, <laughs> it kept coming in and people made the connection that me and Valeria me and Rosalia's name was on it so obviously we were the two names that were on the Martin Freeman blog right and you have to understand on that blog was weird stuff people sent in um, fan fiction about themselves with Martin mm-hmm. and it was just weird but like to think of him getting on and seeing that stuff and clicking through to our own blogs because he had to have done that right it was I don't know even thinking back on it like it's been years and I still can't wrap my head about around around it yeah I mean that's crazy so he 
he posted pictures with the personal blog handles of both you and your co-runner of the fan blog, just of no, his no. own volition. He he posted a picture with our names. Oh wow! So it was even more than that. Like he he spent enough time to know that both me and Rosalia spoke Spanish, uh-huh. and he found both our names, and he misspelled the word "ghetto" in his little message. And it was just so weird and bizarre. And he did it on his own volition. Yeah, like, I I don't think anybody had, he didn't have any online presence. He didn't have a Twitter. He doesn't have anything of that kind. So there wasn't anybody sending him the link to our blog or, you know, anything like that. Where did he post the picture? It was to um, a Twitter account of Paul McGuigan. I think he was like... um, a director of one of the episodes uh-huh. or something uh-huh. like that. Um, he posted it with a message, um, a message from a friend and he put hashtag Sherlock and the picture was there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of layers. I mean, that means yeah. he must've gone to some effort to get it out there to have someone else posted on his account exactly. on his behalf. Yeah. It, it's just thinking about how many things had to happen for that to happen, you know? Right. And that's an I think that's really interesting because obviously it meant that the fandom had reached a kind of critical mass for a person that had never really experienced that before. I mean, I know you said you'd seen him on other shows and 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 stuff, but the Sherlock thing was very huge and must have been new for for both of the stars of that show and maybe for yeah. Martin in particular. He was like, "Oh, this is crazy. This is the first time this has happened. I better show my gratitude probably not knowing how much his life would change after after that show and and how much of that he would get yeah Um, I mean he was on you know he's been in so many things since then and and he has like you know a lot of fans now but back then it's interesting that you were sort of at the forefront of what must have been a big change in his life right and it was enough for him to like call us out by name uh huh, and when he tweeted it, uh, at first a lot of the messages I got were very excited and supportive. A lot of mm-hmm. you know friends that I had made sending me messages, but then after a while, a few days passed, and it eventually turned into a lot of people angry that we were you know invading his I don't know personal life, that we were posting nasty things to the internet when really. At, like the blog itself was more us um, just kind of facilitating everybody else's things. Right. We didn't really make most of the stuff ourselves. It was all based on submissions and uh-huh. people sending their own personal um, fan fiction stories. And we had a thing called, oh God, what was it called? It was like TMI Tuesday or th- something where uh-huh. people would send in messages and all we would do is just post them without any comment uh-huh. um, but it made people really angry and I got a lot of really horrible messages after after the initial wave kind of died down mm-hmm. That's, and it was, I mean, do you think that there was an element of, of jealousy there that the Benedict Cumberbatch blog didn't get similar recognition from we, their object of affection I have a feeling that was a main thing because the Benedict Cumberbatch blog was 
a big thing. Uh-huh. But and we were barely. I think when when it happened, we had like three hundred followers or anything. Oh, and, yeah. And then suddenly we had like a thousand, and it was getting a lot more attention than the Benedict blog. So yeah, I have a feeling a lot of those were from people who were involved in that other community, uh-huh. or that were they were thinking that you know the the attention being on Martin kind of took away from the fact that Benedict also had a big fandom and they weren't getting the acknowledgement like I remember seeing a bunch of uh videos of people going on to tv shows like the Graham Norton and themselves you know introducing themselves to Benedict Cumberbatch and being like yeah I'm a Cumberbitch and you know he didn't really <laughs> pander to them I guess right. he didn't, he acknowledged them but it wasn't like he was posting you know his love for his fans right online that's I mean yeah. it's it, that is super interesting I mean like given given that he he was the, you know the show is called Sherlock and and sort of you know yeah. he's technically the star um and 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 Martin is the one who is showing you know more appreciation probably because maybe he wasn't expecting to have that kind of attention the same kind of attention as the star would be expected to have but Benedict did I mean he did get a lot of attention I think the fact that he was more intense kind Mm -hmm. of led him to kind of try to back away from it a bit right because he also ended up breaking up with his longtime girlfriend around this time and people Mm -hmm. were like obsessed with the fact of them because suddenly he's available and of course Martin had his longtime partner that right it it got into super personal details about them and Benedict and I mean now he's what Doctor Strange and he's doing all these big things and so is Martin but yeah I feel like both of them were launched into their careers because of this show absolutely absolutely and since then, though, I feel like Martin has gotten more flack because he's uh, he says stupid things <laughs> in public. So I think Mar- uh, Benedict being more reserved in his, um, I guess, interactions with people mm-hmm. has somehow led to him getting bigger roles or right. more popular mm-hmm. over time because Martin has had those, like... Um, periods of people hating him and then people loving him again and hating right. him. You know, it's That's a really interesting. culture. Um, so this, this, all this stuff went down right before the second season aired and, and you didn't end up watching it. Did you, did you watch how the fandom reacted to it? And, and did you sort of interact with it, you know, from, from a further level away and, and see how the fandom was changing? Because I think by the time the second season rolled around, Sherlock fandom had become its own sort of, you know, living, breathing thing that people started to like make fun of a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time the second season came out, I was already kind of stepping into the supernatural fandom. Right. So I guess that also affected the fact that I didn't watch the second season because I was so into this other thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I was aware of what happened in the first episode of the second season. I think mm-hmm. that was the episode where there was a character that was like in a fandom kind of, right? I have zero memory. <laughs> there None was, at all. I think there was a character that um was kind of portraying a super fanatic of Sherlock and Okay. Um, and it it kind of involved fan fiction. Like there was fan fiction somewhere in the storyline about how okay. people were making up stories that 
Sherlock and Moriarty were making out on the rooftop or something <laughs> like that. You know, it was bizarre. Yeah. And I was seeing all of this from a third party not watching standpoint. And I was just seeing a lot of people angry because it felt like they were making fun of people that were obsessed with the show you know right the show itself was kind of telling the people that were obsessed with the show that there were comedy for them you know they weren't taken seriously and always a dangerous path to tread for a storyline yeah and I think a lot of people were upset by that and that itself that reaction was enough for me to say like yeah no I'm not gonna watch that season oh yeah and like I kind of want to see because the picture that he posted was taken while they were on set. So right. I want to see that scene that they were filming just so that I can, I don't know, maybe find closure or something. Because I've never <laughs> seen it myself. Uh-huh. And, but I never have. But I'm rewatching it now, so maybe maybe I'll get to it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that also something that I think is interesting is how in the time between the first season and the second season, which was like, it's a long time by television Mm -hmm. standards, the fandom went through so many changes and it sort of was able, I mean, I don't want to say like curdle, but it really sort of was, it's, it it was very insular and it Mm -hmm. maybe evolved in ways that wouldn't have happened if the second season had aired like right away. Right. And I think the story itself, the, I, I don't think the show would have done an episode with a character like that in their mm-hmm. second season if it hadn't been such a long time because it it it, it allowed the fandom to grow into something similar to that and yeah. I mean, you could write it off as them doing a modern adaptation of the fact that sir arthur conan doyle hated his fandom and wanted to kill off <laughs> but right. i think it was a direct influence of the fandom that grew within the time that people yeah. were waiting for the second season right and I think something that people learned about Moffat pretty quickly, you know, after his ten years on Doctor Who and Sherlock began, is that he, you know, despite being a fanboy himself, did not hold fans in such high regard, yeah. uh, especially female fans. And mm-hmm. you can say what you want about his storylines. I mean, I think he writes great dialogue. I think that you know, there's a lot of good, but also like he has a problem. I think yeah. with condescension <laughs> and with looking down on people who interact with media a different way than he does. And mm-hmm. I think that came off in his Doctor Who episodes, uh, yeah, and in Sherlock as well. Yeah, and a lot of people only saw the Sherlock show to mm-hmm. begin with because of his name right was attached to it and nowadays I don't think it would have that same kind of positive influence on people to watch a show because they've been kind of wrong so many times uh-huh yeah I mean he starts high for sure I mean I yeah. think that the fact that Sherlock aired directly after series five of Doctor Who finished it was like Doctor Who finished in like late June and then Sherlock started up in July of 2010 I think it was yeah and so that sort of was like a direct slide because people really enjoyed series five of Doctor Who I thought it was great and so that fact combined with the fact that the first series of Sherlock was also great set people up for a lot of disappointment yeah and was there a season three I don't even know oh Sherlock yeah yeah, there's been like four and then like a special or two, I think. I, yeah. I did not keep up after the second season. Yeah. So I was like, this is trash. I well, it's not been. trash, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't want, you didn't have that same want of watching that you did when it started. Exactly. And I don't think the, the following seasons held up to how good the first season was. 
Yeah, I mean, that first season is sort of like this self-contained gem of, of really strong plotting. Mm-hmm. And again, just the chemistry between the actors was so powerful that, you know, I, I liked your comparison to The Social Network because that's another movie where it's really not about the story. It's really yeah. not about the characters. It's about the script and the actors. Yeah and how they play those characters. And that allows for fans who have this, you know, who take their most enjoyment out of character interaction to receive so much more out of the movie than what's on the surface. The same goes, I think, for the first series of Sherlock. Yeah. Although in the rewatch, I've noticed that uh, there's so much queer baiting. I hadn't noticed in the first season, you know, like my own interactions with fandoms throughout the years, there's mm-hmm. always been some sort of slash fiction that I'm into. Whether yeah. or not that's appropriate of me is another discussion, but it's always been something that I end up reading after I finish mm-hmm. the show. But mm-hmm. the, I guess in the show, it was such, it was pushed so hard and you didn't notice. Well, I didn't notice up until the rewatch right now, how mm-hmm. intense, like every other scene has, a reference to that people thinking that they're together. Uh-huh. It's but, it's slathered on thick, as yes. they would say. Yes, and it's like they were pushing for something like this to happen. Again, that's something that if the show was made for the first time today, that would be different. Yeah. But also, you can't really say that because the fact that that show had such an outsized impact in terms of fandom, in terms of influence, means that it paved the way for... I would think, you know, and the fact that 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 element of it, that close relationship was what brought out so much of the fandom. That's something that shows since then have really tried to copy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, well, I guess I was in Supernatural after that and Supernatural mm -hmm. kind of followed the same, although Supernatural was already airing by the time I started. So I don't think they were trying to copy that, but the shows kind of caught on that fandoms respond more when there's something like that in there yeah yeah for sure it's it it, and I think tumblr specifically the communities on tumblr really played a role in 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 people realizing that that's what made a lot of these that's like that was the common denominator Mm -hmm. between so many of these shows you know supernatural included Sherlock included and I think uh, the fact that the blog that we started wasn't so much about Benedict and Martin or, you know, John and Sherlock. Mm-hmm. It was about, you know, Martin Freeman being found attractive mm-hmm. by a bunch of girls was uh-huh. something that maybe um, Martin was keen on highlighting just because it, was, oh, you know, interesting. it wasn't. Like, I feel he had, I don't know if he has shown distaste, but I feel the fact that people were drawing naked pictures of him with Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. it quickly became a sore subject. And the fact that there was all these girls that were like, oh, yeah, he's he's cute, he's hot, whatever, mm-hmm. was something that he... <laughs> Yeah, he without without bringing anybody else into it, he liked yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great that's a great point. That's really interesting. Um, so you know, as Tumblr as more people joined Tumblr, um, and you joined more fandoms and, and Tumblr introduced new features, mm-hmm. uh, how did you see like the interactions that people were have changing in terms of, you know, just the basic mechanics? Were you, you know, sending a lot of asks? Were you reblogging? Were you making a lot of original content? 
Um, I I enjoyed making my own content, but for the most part, it turned less into, as time went on, it turned less into making content for the blog and more into just mm-hmm. talking to friends. I think it became more of a conversational mm-hmm. platform for me. Um, Absolutely. I wasn't talking so much and asked, weirdly enough. I, it was mostly just through posts because I feel like the uh-huh. comedic element of it was I don't know, funnier. You were almost even performing. Like if you had a funny response to what someone said, you would want to put that publicly so that other people could reblog it. And, or like it was because I would have my own personal conversations with people, obviously. But when you were reblogging people, it was more like um, kind of bouncing off each other in prof comedy. Yeah. And and wanting other people to see that you were, you had friends and that, you know, you, you were having these that's that's a great point i think before they introduced like private replies to asks mm-hmm. and and then chats after that people yeah would just have full conversations just through reblogs and reblogs and reblogs and the crazy thing is a lot of those weren't facilitated easily by the website itself so people had to you know uh-huh. make an effort they would screenshot a reply and then put a reply to the reply in there the, uh-huh. that would be screenshot and it was just a big mess but um, I remember I had a whole folder of screenshots of things that people, because I would end up doing it to make the post. So I ended up uh-huh. deleting it, which I now regret. But I remember I had right. a whole folder, one folder for each friend that I had of just different conversations that Aww. we had. And I remember I love yours that. was called, um, oh, God, what was the name of that that allergy medicine that's that's called Allegra? Oh, Yeah. Fexofenadine, Allegra D. And it was the tagline for whatever that (laughs) medicine was. Oh, I love that. I I never, I never, I don't think I, I think I kept screenshots of asks from people. I don't think I ever kept screenshots from, from replies. So that's really cute. Yeah, it was a lot of really jacked up uh, shortcuts to get around Tumblr's sort of bad formatting yeah. so you could just talk to your friends and after the whole the 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 horrible messages I got I ended up changing my my account so right. I, I created a whole new thing and the old account had around 3,000 followers or something uh-huh which was a lot oh, yeah a lot but not in terms to other people but you know it was still quite a few people would reply to my things and right. I ended up changing to another account and uh, rebranding myself as Frog Hat. And it was just right. a complete 180. Like the interactions I had with people were um, were limited because there wasn't so many people that were following me. And I kind of made it uh, so that a lot of the people that were on the other blog wouldn't follow me because I knew a lot of uh-huh. those people were following me, like kind of hate following so I just kind of messaged people that I knew, mm-hmm. sent them a link, and mm-hmm. it was after that it was a lot less, a, a lot more subdued, like in terms of my um, exposure to big fandom, and I tried to keep it small. Yeah. After. So yeah, I mean that that definitely that definitely changed stuff for you. I feel like a lot of people had those kinds of events that you know changed that were or made them think in new ways about how they were on on a website like that because there's Mm -hmm. so many moving parts um well okay so you still use tumblr today i would assume (laughs) yeah i do but yeah i I don't really talk i just reblog yeah every so often 
Yeah. Sometimes we're like one of the only people that I still follow (laughs) from the old days. Yeah. I feel like I feel like a lot of people who who were on, you know, in that early area, early era of Tumblr as teens like you and me never quite broke free of it (laughs) and are still on it. But, you know, not in the ways that we used to be. It's sort of just like, you know, a, a, a default at this point. Yeah. And I see kind of like um, bits of what I used to be involved in mm-hmm. whenever I I see some like big posts being reblogged onto my dash. And yeah. I, I'll see someone posting about Super Hulak and I'm like, what era am I in? What is this? <laughs> and it's bizarre, but. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it truly never dies. I yeah. think. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> it never dies. Never dies. Uh, recently, like, uh, well, I think it was a year ago, I I messaged Martin's wife, or I guess mm-hmm. longtime partner, I don't know if they're married, but I messaged her with the, the picture that he sent me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah, I remember, like, I don't know if you remember me, but Martin sent me this picture. And I just wanted to you know, say that it makes me happy because I did print it out and it is sitting next to my desk. Even uh-huh. if it, you know, gives me a lot of embarrassment. It, it, I mean, it was the good old days. And to think that something as stupid as a, a sexual frustration blog was enough for like a big name celebrity to just send me a uh-huh. message. I obviously sent it to Walgreens and have it printed on my desk. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And she responded with, Oh, yeah, I remember that. And she followed me. But like, since then, I've unfollowed her. And now I have this weird, like, feeling of guilt, because she's still following me. And I know she's, well, she's probably had me muted, to be honest. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's funny. I mean, yeah, the the good old days. That's for sure. Um, Well, Thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast. I, I really love what you had to say. I think those are some some really interesting stories. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. The Ask Box theme song is full screen by Adult Mom, who, spoiler alert, is also next week's guest. See you next week for an exploration of Bright Eyes fandom on Tumblr with Steph from Adult Mom. Still the warmer must be inside of my eyes.